Welcome to the Mormon Mompreneur Podcast. Mormon Mompreneur is a home for women of faith who desire to be strengthened in motherhood and empowered in business. We thrive off of talking with other women with unique experiences and vision who have felt guided by the divine to bring about remarkable things at home and abroad. Hey, you guys, and welcome to another episode of the Mormon Mompreneur Podcast. It is Michelle Gifford, your host for today, and I am beyond thrilled to introduce you to Greg Trimble. <laughs> yep, you heard right. It's Greg Trimble. He is our first guy interview, and he is the perfect man for the job. Uh, Greg is a viral blogger and has reached millions with his blog. He is an entrepreneur, a member missionary, a father, a blogger, and digital marketer. He founded an internet marketing agency in Southern California and is part of the Boncom Influencers Group. He is a speaker and he just wrote a book called Dads Who Stay and Fight. He is awesome and I know him personally and he is going to blow your socks off. Um, welcome, welcome, Greg, to our show. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, Michelle. So really, I'm the first dude on this. <laughs> you're the podcast. first guy. You totally are. But you're the perfect. Wow. You're the perfect guy for the job. And the reason why I wanted you to come on is because you are the perfect example of an entrepreneur. But even more than that, you are fearless, absolutely fearless, <laughs> in spreading the gospel and um, standing up for the truth. And I know that it hasn't always been easy. So I wanted to talk about that. I want to talk about your blog and. Um, how it got started and how it took off and um, when you really knew that you were onto something. So, so start us off with that. Let us know. Tell us about your blog. Sure. So my blog was sort of an accident. Um, <laughs> not really an accident. That my purpose initially in starting it was, so I'm, I'm kind of a weirdo about like life. I just think life is so weird. And so <laughs> I, and this is going to sound sort of like I'm a fatalist, but you know, death is sort of one of those things that I just can't wrap my head around. And it seems like you're constantly seeing things pop up on your Facebook feed. And there's just, you know, constantly people that are enduring struggles and cancer and heart and just issues. And so I'm, I have it continued. There's a quote that I love. Uh, it's one of my favorite quotes. That's kind of a weird quote, but it says, death inspires me like a dog inspires a rabbit. And if, <laughs> if you can picture a little rabbit being chased around by a dog, that's, uh, that's sort of how I felt that I just, I just want to do as much as I can. You know, I'm running as fast as I can to escape that, that monster called death so that I can um, sort of feel comfortable as I as I lay down on my <laughs> last with my you know with my family and just knowing that I've I've given everything to them that I can I that's sort of been my biggest fear is that I would I would die without having my kids uh, know the thoughts and intents of my heart and uh, it's interesting Jacob in the Book of Mormon Jacob chapter seven. Um, verse 26 it's a long verse but there's this sentence that's buried right in the middle of the verse and it says uh, it's Jacob he's about to pass away and he's got his family and he's been writing all these records for all these years and 
he says our lives passed away as it were unto us a dream and uh, i just i just identify with that i just life has gone by so fast and my kids are getting so big already and and i know before i know it they're going to be out of the house and and i just really wanted them to i knew that they were going to hang out online because that's the trend and i knew that i have lots of journals and things that i've written that'll probably get buried in a dusty box and deposited (laughs) in a in a storage unit somewhere and and nobody will ever go through it and kids will be busy and doing their own thing and so I just wanted the I, I I understand search engine uh, optimization and and blogging and all that stuff and so I figured, man, if I can put that out there so that maybe my kids are in the middle of the night searching for answers for something I, on Google and something I write pops up and so that turned into, wow, um, maybe I can help other people as well. And, that, and and that's really what it was. I had I started a one page blog. I didn't have a Facebook page or a or a you know email subscribers or any kind of robust website or anything like that. It was just a very basic blog, and I I put a couple things out there, just what was in my heart. And for some reason, uh, people started sharing it, and it started creeping, finding its way across the country and around the world. So. Well, That's really how it got started. I think the reason why it's so um, great is because it's really needed. You take on some pretty intense gospel topics and um, break them down and speak at um, anyone's level. I feel like it's pretty welcoming to someone who is really deep in the gospel, but also someone who is brand new or has no idea about the gospel. And so that's one of the reasons I think it um, catches on so quickly. But um, you're also really not afraid to take on some topics. <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, so, right. I just want to be real, you know, because I, I feel like that's what we need. You know, we need we need people that are gonna gonna just say it how it is and kind of get away from the cliches and and just be real about things. So how do you choose your topics um, of what to talk about? So a lot of my topics came out of my missionary journal. Uh, again, kind of going back to those thoughts that I had um, in a notebook written down somewhere, thoughts, inspirations, revelation, whatever. And I would use those as, as topics that I wanted to write about. And then a lot of it's just been things that, you know, that come up that are maybe current events or things that are that are being talked about a lot and that I have a, you know, a strong feeling about and I uh, try to just try to contribute to the conversation. So when did you know that, like, this was going to, this was something? Because when it, when you tell me it's an accident, I mean, so I have interviewed other people who have said, you know, I didn't really, I didn't realize this was going to be so big. Um, So when did you know that you, like, oh my goodness, like people are reading? (laughs) Yeah, so it it was actually, it was pretty soon. I I wrote a couple blogs that got passed around a little bit, hardly at all. And then I wrote one about our understanding of salvation and that it, you know, a lot of other churches think that Mormons, uh, you know, and Mormons doctrine and understanding of salvation is very exclusive because, you know, you got the temple and the different degrees of glory and things like that. And what I went on to explain was that the church is so widely accepting of everybody 
even more so than any other religion that I've ever studied, there's a very small handful of people that are we would consider sons of perdition. And so really, our doctrine of salvation is so all-encompassing uh, compared to so many others in the world. And that, for some reason, just resonated with people and just and it and it it went viral and and it crashed our servers and <laughs> somebody you know i had people commenting and and direct messaging me and saying you know i had one guy in particular where he said you know hey i was i was in the middle of the night searching for a a, a christian church to join and i came across this blog and i was a member 25 years ago i haven't been to church in 25 years it just caused me reading this just caused me to go back to church for the first time in 25 years i found the missionaries i brought the missionaries back to my house they taught my wife my wife and kids and we're going my family scheduled to be baptized in july and it was a family of you know four or five kids and 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 his wife who hadn't hadn't been baptized or exposed to church and the minute that happened, I remember responding to him and I said, brother, I'll never stop writing. I, I'll never stop writing. I can't because there's no way I could I could do this sort of good, you know, missionary work, even just in my local city. I just, you know, you have your circle of friends and it's it's hard to talk to enough people to get those kind of results. And so things like that started happening on a regular basis, uh, reactivation, baptisms, things like that, doing that from, you know, my bedroom at, you know, 11 o'clock at night in the dark, you know, <laughs> that, 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 was, that was pretty cool to me. Yeah, that's, a, that is beyond amazing. And it powers you through some hard things, right? <laughs> because oh, yeah. not all this response has been great, right? Have you've had some commenters, I'm sure, that um, don't agree and so and I've even heard you talk on that to our stake and talk about how that is a hard thing to have um, you put your heart out there and know that you're doing so much good but you will always have those people right that just don't they have to say why they don't agree (laughs) right right so Um, yeah so how do you deal with that they call those internet trolls but I have taken just a complete opposite approach. Early on, it was very, very difficult. It's almost like this has been like a second mission for me. So on my mission, it was really hard for me to deal with all the opposition. You know, I'd I'd get sort of frustrated and, you know, sort of want to contend and, and, you know, prove my point and all that stuff. But this is this this virtual being sort of like a virtual missionary has been sort of like a second mission to me. And I. I've realized that I, I take a very passive approach online as it pertains to comments. I, I obviously take a very direct approach to when I write the blog and I kind of leave it as is. But people that comment, um, you know, regardless of whether they're just trying to be mean or whether they're genuinely critical or, or you know, and, and really, really want to disagree with the things that I've written. I really try to take a, a loving approach. I really have enjoyed actually a lot. Funny enough, it was so, so hard for me. I, it almost got me to stop writing. I couldn't stop thinking about it. My wife would say, don't read the comments. Don't read the forums. <laughs> don't like, don't, you know, because it was just putting me in such a bad mood. Really, it was, it was hard. And, um, so, but now I've kind of, I've looked at it, you know, over the first year and it was just so much. 
I can't say I really got used to it and it's still hard, but I've really wanted to just reach out to those people and because there's still people and there's still, and a lot of them are good, even though they, they have disagreements or they've, they've, you know, been hurt or, or are, you know, angry or critical of, of anything I'm doing or the church is doing or whatever. It, it's still, I, I would love to be able to help those people. And so I, that's, that's kind of where I'm at with them right now. So it sounds like your approach is that that you're going to love them <laughs> is and I think that takes a lot and a lot of time and a lot of experience is you're like you know what this isn't we're not going to treat them like they treat us right because what can you do on the internet and you can do so much good if you are trying to help right if your heart's yeah. in the right place and it gives other it gives other people an opportunity you know I hardly filter comments people have asked me that why don't you just filter that stuff out because there'll be hundreds of comments, you know, just thousands of just stuff. And they said, why don't you filter that out? And I, I said, I don't filter her unless it's, unless it's illegal, unethical or pornographic or profane. I, I don't filter it out. And people have wondered what, you know, and I, I just, I don't want to censor, you know, different things. I want people to have the opportunity to, to stand up. And, and that's, what's been really cool is a lot of people, They've been able to have really good conversations and go back and forth and and keep it cordial and and you know Christ I mean the Sermon on the Mount is is probably your best example of anything I mean he says at the end of it if you love them which love you what reward have you right it's super easy to love your friends you know if you salute your brother and only what do you more than others and so you know that that's easy in life to go around you know loving the people that that hold you up and and love you and say good things about you but but when someone's critical of you if you can if you can listen i remember joseph smith used to teach this when people are critical he said he said he would look deeper to see if there was even just a kernel of truth to what they were saying and so i always try to apply that like is there a kernel of truth in what they're saying and and if there is i want to focus on that and throw the throw the rest away I love that. I love that. And it also makes it so you can continue doing what you're doing. Because if you focus on the bad, then you're not going to want to keep doing it, I don't think. <laughs> no, no. So will you talk to us about, because um, one of the things that I think your message is, is that there is huge power in social media for being the good and spreading the gospel. So what advice would you give to our listeners, Mormon entrepreneurs, about using... Um, their influence for good on social media yeah you know um, the moms and the sisters in the church man they are they, they don't need a whole lot of advice they're they're doing a lot of good really I mean I was uh, one of the guys at Boncom had sent me a slide deck with a, a picture of they were he was putting together some slides for the you know for the missionary department and and they're all for the most part they're all women and there's there's some men doing that but um that you know they're they're doing good i i would just you know say i guess the biggest thing is to not to not be worried about what people are saying or if if they get critical about things i know that that can be a a pretty big deterrent to to sort of put yourself out there and and you know bear testimony and and just be unafraid to to share what you believe um, 
you know, that would probably be the bis- biggest piece of <laughs> advice. So, and to just get started, that's the that's the biggest yeah. downfall of people is that I hear people all the time saying, "Oh man, I I, I really want to." I really want to do this. I really want to start blogging. I really want to start a YouTube channel or a podcast or this or that. And, and I say, well, do it. And they say, well, no, I, I got to have my site. It's got to look like yours or I've got to be like so-and-so podcast or so-and-so's YouTube channel. I'm like, no, you don't like, you should have seen my blog. It, it was the worst piece of junk blog <laughs> that, that, that you'll ever find. And it wasn't the it wasn't the way it looked or the way it functioned it was it was just the content it was just the you know what was in my heart and that everyone has a story and that that story is so much more valuable than anything we'd read at any kind of entity uh anywhere you know an organization a nonprofit, or anything like that it's you people want to hear from you that's going to be the most powerful thing and what we just heard in conference, right? They talked about following your first impression, following the first prompting. I have, I am definitely a true entrepreneur at heart because I have about seven businesses, right? Don't you have to have at least three? <laughs> it's just <laughs> yeah. how it goes, right? Um, yeah. But I do think that each one of them, I have felt very inspired to do, even though I didn't know how to start a podcast. But I do think that Heavenly Father gives us those promptings because he can he can use us for a lot bigger good and a lot more good than we realize, right? Like when you started your blog, you didn't know it was going to be really affect people and bring people back to the gospel. You had no idea. Um, no idea. And he can, he can take any offering you're willing to give and make it something bigger and better. Exactly. So, exactly. So will you talk to us about your book? So this is your first book, right? And I love that because I know you <laughs> and we yeah. are actually like interviewing like maybe a mile away from each other. You're at work. I'm at home. But um, <laughs> but I didn't know you were writing a book and sud- and I have no idea how you have time to write a book. <laughs> so, yeah. so tell us about your book um, and and why you were right. Why you wrote it. Um, and then I want to know how you wrote it. You don't sleep, right? That has to be. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I need to sleep. I need to sleep. I'm tired. <laughs> um, okay. The, the biggest thing is my, my two, the two things I'm most passionate about in life are, you know, being a husband and a father. So being a family man and also being a missionary. And so I've, I've written a couple books, you know, interestingly enough, and I'll, I'll just, be super transparent, you know, with you and, and your audience. But um, I wrote another book about missionary work, and it was it was even much longer than this book about dads. And it was called The Missionary Swiss Army Knife. And I submitted that in, and the the publisher said, you know, we, we are actually reaching out to you because we wanted to see if you would want to write a book. And, and it was, it was interesting because I had simultaneously sent in this book. They said, so this is awesome. This is like Providence, you know, it's, you're ready to go. And they said, well, but, and I'm like, okay, here it comes, you know, they said, (laughs) but here, we don't really want this book. (laughs) So I was like, all right, sweet. I just put like my heart and soul into this book about missionary work because I want to help some missionaries and be better missionaries. Things I wish I would have known. 
But they said, you know, the shelves are full of them. And they said, well, do you have anything else that you are passionate about? I said, of course, I have something I'm even more passionate about, but I, I haven't written it yet. And um, it was just a book about, you know, being a, a better dad, being a good dad, being a strong dad. And so when we had, my family had taken a trip for, we are part of a, a choir and orchestra called the Millennial Choirs and Orchestras. And um, my kids were playing in Strathmore Hall down, or across the country in uh, Baltimore, where the Baltimore Symphony plays. So we got in our, our motorhome and we drove all the way across the country. And I, I had never taken a vacation like this with my family because I had been so busy being what you are an entrepreneur and and running businesses and starting businesses and so i was just just so tired and i said man you know what i'm just gonna do it i gotta do it and that month just was the most valuable time i had spent probably in my entire married and fatherhood life we did so many good things together and accomplished so many things and it was i was driving across the, the South Dakota Plains and just my family were they were doing something else in the motorhome playing cards or something I was just driving with my headphones on uh, listening to a business book of course an entrepreneurial <laughs> book about how to be a better business guy I'm thinking man there's no books about how to be a better father and and we need that we might need that more than anything else uh, as far as guys go and there's nothing out there and and I just had all these thoughts and so I started thinking of of chapters and and ideas and so i put that together and that became the basis of this book and i mean if you if you look at the statistics and the the prophets and apostles talk about it a lot i think it was elder holland he said well actually there's a stat i I can actually read it to you it says according to the u.s census bureau 24 million children in america that's one out of every three children live in a biological father absent home and then Elder Holland, he said, he said he was alarmed by this epidemic that's sweeping the world. He references a book called Fatherless America, wherein the author states that fatherlessness was the most harmful demographic trend of this generation and the leading cause of declining child well-being in our society. And then he went on to say that of even greater concern than the physical absenteeism of some fathers is the spiritually or emotionally absent father. I mean, I just, ah, uh, man, you see all the things that are going on. It's interesting. Tim Ballard uh, for, from Operation Underground Railroad did the wrote the foreword. And are you familiar with Tim Ballard? I am. But why don't you tell our audience about him? Because he's amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's amazing. You know, he, he wrote the foreword on it. And it was so interesting how it came together with, with what I had written in the book. And he hadn't read what I had written in the book. So he had no idea. Um, and when we talked and, and the forward came to pass, it was just it, it was just divinely guided. I'm just convinced it was divinely guided because he talked about the, the, the underlying reason that he saw for all of this uh, sex trafficking and and child slavery. And because that's uh, what he does, traf- right? Like that's yes. what he does. So he. Yeah. Tell them, tell our audience what he does. <laughs> yeah, so he rescues he rescues children um, from around the world. Um, I mean, right right in the forward, it, it starts out with him being in a Latin American country. He was flipping through a catalog with you know faces of kids that had been sold and taken into into slavery. Um, he's rescued 
over 700 kids and he's put tons of criminals in jail. I mean, it's really, it's, it's in the forward to, to get more accurate information on it. But the point is, is that he, he spends his entire life rescuing children who are in the most catastrophic, just deplorable circumstances. I mean, the worst things that the human mind can conjure up about, uh, you know, uh, the life uh, of, of something that a kid could go through. And he rescues them. That's, that's what his organization does, Operation Underground Railroad. And, and it's, it's freeing these, these kids. And he said in the foreword, and, and as he was taught, and as we were talking, that the the underlying reason for all of this is that there, most of the time, is that there's it's because there's not a father in the home to be there to protect these kids, to to lead them away from danger. Um, it's generally because there's no father there to to keep these things from happening that leads these kids into into the situations in which they're taken or sold or you know exploited for for various reasons and this is i mean to me this is the most alarming plague of our generation the, the fact that the human beings can do those that sort of thing to kids um you know while we kind of go about our lives and and enjoy our prosperity and our happiness and and there's kids out there that are going through that and he's on the front lines taking care of them just just amazing to me and and so what he talks about in this forward just leads into you know the whole purpose of the book and so there's a bunch of chapters about why it's important for us as men to step up and and to be there for our wives and and for our children so this book is definitely needed right now and and um, I mean, we can look around in our own neighborhoods and we don't even have to, you know, <laughs> jump the country or or get to see all the damage that is done when dads aren't present and when they don't have a mom and dad taking care of these kids. Um, so ha- what has been I know that it just was released. Um, I, mine is on its way from Amazon right now. Um, but what has been the response from your book so far? It's been really good. It's actually not even supposed to be out. I don't know how it came out. <laughs> they, they, they told me, the publisher told me that it was going to be out on um, on April 11th. And that's this Tuesday is when it hits the stores. <laughs> should be in Deseret and Siegel and Costco and all those other places. Um, but one of my friends found it on Amazon. So I was like, sweet. So I started, I sent it out to my, you know, small a small group of people and but you know from those that have gotten it i guess it got sold out and went on back order and so most people i talked to so they're waiting like two weeks but the few that have read it they've you know dads is oh this is so great i'm gonna buy this and and you know give it to to my sons and and, and actually daughters too you know i would I, i've just told my wife this last night i think is that i would want my daughter to read this just as much as my son because um you know women they you know a a lot of it is up to them they they have the opportunity to choose a husband that that meets certain criteria and um so I, i want my daughter to sort of know the things that are in this book so that as she's choosing a husband and a future father of her kids 
that she will choose wisely and look for certain attributes in a man that will lead her and her family to happiness. Yeah, so, I love you know, that everything you do is like is focused on helping your kids in not necessarily right now, like but in years to come. The future. Yeah. Yeah. Thinking to the future and you know to 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 your audience specifically, I I think it's it's interesting to note that so much of what's in this book um, people aren't going to realize they're going to be like, Oh, it must've been, you know, because your dad, I mean, there, there's a piece in there about my dad, <clears throat> but most of us grow up with our moms, right? You know, I'm sure that your kids spend a lot more time with you than they, than they spend with, with Robbie. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I spent, you know, it seems like every waking minute with my mom, you know, growing up and, um, it's my mom and my wife, have been such a such a crucial and important influence in all of the content that's in this book and so when you think about it from you think oh it's it's a dad's role to raise sons and you know and and it's it's that's just completely not true um i I obviously i think that there's definitely a dad a good dad that's that's taking an active role and and making an impact in his kid's life he's he's going to have a humongous impact in those kids lives and and the more time he can spend with them the better but it just happens to be where the mom in the family is is really and can be training the boy the son to be the sort of dad and the sort of husband that she would want and that, and that she would want him to grow up to be so that she, so that he can grow up and take care of, of his wife and his kids. And so I just, I got to give a shout out to, to my mom, you know, <laughs> to my mom and my wife who have, yeah. you know, my mom spent years and years and years training me, training me right so that I would, so that I would grow up and take care of my wife and kids that way. And then my wife has can obviously continue to <laughs> to <laughs> to expect a lot out of me and and to just be such a great and and a wonderful support in all these things, you know. So Absolutely. that's 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 important. Such an important you guys play just such an important role in in our uh, lives as husbands and fathers. Well, I know your mom and dad and your wife, and they're all very fantastic. <laughs> um, <laughs> And I, but I do think you were on definitely onto something when there are a lot of books about being a good mom. There just are because I don't know if it's moms are, I mean, you know, they'll read books about that, but there aren't many about being a good dad. So you're doing a great service by um, putting it out there what can be expected of of dads. So isn't it interesting though about how? how how that is though that yeah. the moms will read that <laughs> stuff but i i worry about i've worried about that 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 i won't that the book just won't sell i i mean and that's fine i wrote it i wrote it honestly i wrote it for my kids you know and and if it helps a bunch of other people that's great but but it's interesting i've worried that dads <laughs> don't guys don't like to take advice like guys don't want to hear another guy say you know, you need to do this. You need to you need to step up. Or you need to do that. And so I've worried about that. But uh, hopefully, the humble dads will say, "Man, this is this is good good advice." And I want my I want my son and my daughter to know this kind of stuff. So. Well, I think at a different time we needed it less a little bit, but um, yeah. But since there are 
a lot less people growing up with the good examples of a good dad that, um, although there might be a little pushback, maybe if they got it for, uh, <laughs> got it for <laughs> Father's Day, they'd have to read it. <laughs> and, right. But I do think, though, that most dads want to be good dads. And, um, yeah. And so, and how you write is very approachable and, and always storytelling. So I think they're going to love it. Obviously, they already love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I hope so. So um, how did you, but seriously, how did you start, how did you write two books? I didn't know you wrote the other one. <laughs> Tell me about your day-to-day because you are a dad. You have a, you have a really big calling. You have a couple companies you're doing and then you also have your blog. So how do you do this? Yeah, so uh, honestly, the, the missionary book I wrote during a time where I sort of uh uh, ratcheted back on my uh, posting blogs because of all the all the angry negative comments. Um, that was sort of like a soul searching time. Like, how am I going to react to this? Um, and so, what I started doing is I just started writing a bunch of stuff for myself that I would say, okay, well, I'll put this out at a later date. And then it just became like, all right, man, I have like. 300 pages of stuff so um maybe i'll just put those into chapters because i want missionaries to learn these sort of things so that they can um, become better and so it really it it was just sort of like taking time away from blogging to start writing a book you really can't do both it's it's i mean unless you're just like retired or whatever and you just or or you're just a a genius but you know something's gotta yeah yeah, something's (laughs) something's gotta give and so i you know i i took a little bit of time away from blogging and tried to finish that book and then went back to blogging and then wrote this book. And then I actually do have another book that's, that's coming out in, uh, at Christmas time. It's called the virtual missionary that is going to actually take, because uh, one of the callings I have is with the regional area. So it's over to 21 stakes down here in Southern California. And so a lot of stakes and, and and members of stakes and stake presidencies are really trying to figure out how they can utilize the internet to communicate be- better with their members and to communicate uh, and, and to just put great things online. And so, but the question I get is, well, how did you do that? Like, how did you get started? You know, when other Bednar said, hey, go, go spread the gospel using the internet, yeah. you know, share, <laughs> share goodness. And we've got these campaigns like share goodness you know, flood the earth with goodness and all that stuff. And everybody came away from that, that talk, just like blown away. Like, yes, Elder Bednar, this is exactly what we want to do. We're so excited. But then like, but then there was the secondary follow-up question, which was like, okay, but how? Right. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. I want to do, I want to do that, but I have no idea how to build a blog, work a blog, set up analytics, set up subscriber. I mean, I have no idea how to do all that stuff. And so right. this book called The Virtual Missionary is going to take a, a person through step by step. Like, here's the potential. Here's the reach. I'm going to take them into the back end analytics of my blog. And then here's how to set it up. Here's how to write for the search engines. Here's how to write and have people read it, you know, and not, you know, think they're reading like a scientific journal, you know, all kinds of different things to, to help other people get started. I love that. I didn't know that you were, that's what you were writing your second book on, but that is fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm um, excited for that one. Yeah. Cause it is needed. And I, I think that it seems pretty scary. We've been charged with so much, like just flood the earth. I mean, just flood the earth with goodness. <laughs> but, yeah. um, 
but it does take just starting. I mean, anyone can start an Instagram, you know, and that's pretty easy. And if that's where you feel like you should be, but it'll be good to have some like real know-how. Well, I'm excited for your book. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so one of the question that I like to wrap up my interviews with is how have you seen the Lord's hand in your business all along your way? How have, how, have you had any like one experience or has it been gradual or yeah, tell me. You're talking like my business that I, you can um, do whichever business you the, want, your, the, your okay. blog <laughs> or your business. So it's interesting how they've all gone together. So I started a, a tech company in college, and it was just it's called a managed service pro- provider. It's an like an IT support type company, and that that grew pretty quick and and pretty good. And but it was it was just the worst possible work ever. Just a bunch of people that were mad at you all the time because <laughs> their their email didn't work right, and so super stressful. I didn't enjoy it, but it did grow, and we did have some really good clients. So I ended up selling that portion of the business and starting uh, a digital marketing agency out, out of that business. And it's really, really interesting how I, I feel. I mean, this is just me looking through my lens, um, how I was sort of led into all of this because things had to happen in order for me to get into this side of the business. Like I would still be fixing like servers and networks and I would have never written a blog if I hadn't gotten into the digital side. And so I grew that business. I grew the IT business through doing SEO. So search engine optimization on that business. So we've, we got a lot of clients that way through people finding us through the search engines. And so I enjoy, I really enjoyed that. I enjoyed internet marketing. I had never a thought to um, <clears throat> start a blog, I, I never thought like, oh, I can use this skill to be a virtual missionary or spread the gospel, you know, far and wide. So as I started uh, Lemonade Stand, which is my inter- internet marketing agency, um, I started, when I started the blog, all the skills that I had learned in doing digital marketing sort of carried over into into blogging and, and online missionary work. And so, I mean, that, that was, I, that I definitely saw the hand of God helping that process go because if I hadn't done that, I mean, my entire business revolves around digital online entities and presence and social and right. uh, Google and, and understanding how algorithms work and what they're looking for and, and all that stuff. And so, you know, I've been able to, to carry that over into blogging for the church and for, you know, for others. So I, man, I, I have been amazed that, that all that happened because if it hadn't, then I wouldn't, I wouldn't know these things to, uh, to sort of implement them in online missionary work. I, I always think it's interesting to hear um, people's journeys because uh, there's a common thread and the common thread is that, they've been prepared for where they are standing now. And it sounds like that it's exactly what has happened with you is that, um, you know, <laughs> it's, uh, saving servers <laughs> is not yeah. your thing, but my goodness, it led you to um, saving souls, <laughs> saving souls. That's right. That's your next book from saving servers yeah. to saving right. souls. 
that's pretty good. Yeah, I gotta change the title on that. I know. Well, see, there you go. Um, I'm your writing girl. That's yeah, that's go. awesome. <laughs> um, so I love I love hearing the journeys because uh, there is a lot of times if we were given um, a a viral blog, you know, that if we were just given that all at once, well, first of all, we wouldn't know how to do it. But second of all, we wouldn't um, know how to appreciate it and also how to make it what it needs to be. And um, so I'm glad that you were prepared. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Very, very interesting to see all that happen. Um, And that's, I mean, when I, when I go around and speak at, at places, I mean, that, that's, that's what it's about. It's about technology it's about dismantling the complexity of technology and figuring out how to harness that so that we can be online missionaries. I think that's what we're going to have to figure out as a church in the next, you know, three to five years. Like not, not the church, like not like HQ, you know, not like Salt Lake, but like us as members, we have to figure that out because the people that people that are, are critical to the church or, um, you know, that are, that are, that don't like the church, they are very vocal online and they actually, they, they get it. They understand online print, online marketing. And so we've, you know, we've really got to step up so that the search engines aren't, aren't dominated by, um, things that are just, you know, negative to the church. There's got to be balance and we've got to, we've got to provide that balance. One of the things that, um, just to, um, like more mompreneur, but also, through uh, Beauty Revived, my nonprofit, is that um, I've just been connected with a lot of people that they, they're they not church members, and that's great, they're, but they're really good, good people. And um, I think that that's also, not only are we going to flood the earth with, like, uh, take over the SEO stuff, but I do think that it's also um, finding like-minded people and bringing them together. And that's where I've seen, like, technology, for me, really allow me to um, like meet the right people and and maybe change perceptions of what Mormon what being a Mormon is right so totally totally yeah and and coming together um, lo- looking for for interfaith councils and and yeah. working with other religions I mean that's been one of the greatest joys uh, I actually have a, an evangelical pastor who I've become great friends with from like near upstate New York of a, a, a large Christian church that has become a great friend. And he is actually writing a portion of the chapter in my next virtual missionary book about how he found articles that were posted that were going viral. And then he reached out to me and, and we became great friends and we have so many things in common and we find common ground and we can together, we can fight for religious freedom and things that we, that we both strongly believe in while having different theological convictions. Yeah. And that's been, that's, I think one of the greatest gifts of, of social media is that we can, because we can control like who we are right online and we can, we can be uh, witnesses of truth and we don't have to, we agree on most things with people, right? Like we just have a lot of similarities, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Saying. And it's common can, ground. It's common ground yeah. everywhere. Yeah, sure. and so we can come together and and do more good when we're more like-minded people. So, um, yeah. there's so um, as a parting note, what is your last words of wisdom to our listeners today? 
Oh, man. No pressure. So, <laughs> so yeah. Um, what last words of wisdom would be to keep the faith in the latter days. Um, get out there and, and stand for something and, and just don't wait to get started if you've got an idea or something that you want to do to, to help others or, or even just, you know, to help your family, then to do it. Um, for all the dudes out there, if there's like one one or two dudes in your audience that <laughs> tune in. <laughs> I might get to Robbie be, to listen to this one. <laughs> yeah, then, then to be a good dad, you know, if, if you're uh, a woman, then to help these dads become better dads and, and to just really try to try to focus on the family i mean that's 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 the giant breakdown in our society right now and that's what satan's going after is the family so just trying to keep the family together and then and then do those things like confucius said you know start with yourself first then to your family and then to the world so you know get yourself in order get your family in order and then change the world and you can do that using online properties become a virtual missionary uh you know, do those things. I just, there's so much that we can do. We live in really exciting times. I think it's interesting. Ephesians 1.10, it's one of my favorite scriptures where he's, it, Paul's talking about the dispensation of the fullness of times when Christ will gather together in one all things in Christ. And I think about the temple work. I think about, think about the, the nature itself of the internet. It is a giant gathering net where everyone can can come together as one it's it's truly the technology that connects us all and we can we can come together we can send the gospel over over political and military walls places that could never go before and we just we live in really exciting times as challenging as they are we live in exciting times Absolutely. There's a lot. President Uchtdorf just talked about it, right? Let's not fear. We live in some pretty awesome times to be alive. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Well, thank you for being with us and for giving us your inspiration. And all of my listeners need to go get his books. It's probably on back order because everyone else bought it. But um, And then if you want to read his blog, it's gregtrimble.com. And thank you so much for being with us, Greg. You bet. Thanks, Michelle. <laughs> Thank you for joining us on the Mormon Mompreneur podcast. Check out our other episodes and learn from other women of faith, motherhood, and business as they share their unique stories and experiences. Go to www.mormonmompreneur.com or the iTunes store to learn more.